you know what? The impact of stags going up this season, touch wood, on the town centre, extra thousand people in town, using the pubs, using the hotels, would be massive. Absolutely. If, if there was one levelling up uh, box we could tick, that would be it. <laughs> Welcome to Mansfield is a town in North Nottinghamshire, the podcast about all things Mansfield, or at least two things Mansfield. Mansfield's past, all the things it has been, and Mansfield's future, all the things it might be in the future. Um, and this is, after all, a period of regeneration, so I think that it's a good time to be talking about that. Yeah. Um, so we'll be seeing what Mansfield is like in, could be like, in 10 years, 20 years, 50 years time and if we can get to the year 3000 all the better now this episode is presented by me my name is Robert Shaw and my mother say hello mum hello mum thank you and we've called uh, the podcast Mansfield is a town in North Nottinghamshire um, because it's about Mansfield which is a town in North Nottinghamshire and some people think it's a bit boring as a name but it is very important to make a distinction because there are lots of Mansfields there is a Mansfield in Australia, which is in the foothills of the Victoria Alps, and uh, it's associated with skiing. And um, I don't want people uh, tuning in thinking we're going to be talking about skiing, because there's not a lot of skiing going on in Mansfield in North Nottinghamshire. Um, although I do believe it has snowed here occasionally. Uh, what do you think of the name, Mum? What do you think? Do you like the name? Mansfield is a town in North Nottinghamshire. Does it speak to you? Yes, it does. Good. So that's dealt with the name. Very good. So the next question that we have to just uh, tackle at the very beginning is uh, why are we making this now? And it's because Mansfield is, um, is changing. It's a period of really significant transition. When I were a lad, Mansfield was uh, still known as a mining town and you could see that that was coming to an end because that was the time of the miners' strike. But in many ways, the violence of uh, the feelings around by, around, uh, aroused by the strike made it more of a mining town than maybe it had been before. And, you know, even as it was signalling the end, it made it more um, sort of committedly mining in the way it talked about itself. And, Mum, of course, when you were a girl, you actually worked in the pit, didn't you? You did 10-hour shifts. Yes, always. You did You did grow up in Blidworth, though, in a mining family, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did. Your I father grew, I grew up in a mining family. And your father's a miner? Yeah, my father was a miner, and he enjoyed working in the mines. Very good. He was, uh, he, he never, he said there was lots of good friendships made, and that was one of the big things about working in the mines. Actually, it was the friendships that you made. He said you couldn't find probably that kind of friendship anywhere else. He didn't have much of a chance to try, did he? Either? No. He was down the pit all the time. No, because he was down the pit all the time. So I always felt, and the one great thing about when my dad went, was in the pit, was if he brought some of his snap home, as we called it, and we used to fight over who was going to have the sandwich that was left. 
Oh, no, we're going into the. Uh, uh, here we go. Okay, we're going down. We're going down Memory Street there. Okay, but we're gonna we're gonna cut away from that for the moment. There will be lots more about mining in yeah, coming episodes. Um, <laughs> not really, no. Anyway, well, of one of no, 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 just one of the um, the biggest changes in Mansfield, um, of course, in recent years, is that it now has a Conservative MP whose name is Ben Bradley. Um, so Mansfield has become a Tory blue brick in Labour's old industrial red wall. And uh, my mother and I here, we've just been watching a very good short film about the moment he was elected, haven't yes. we? Yeah, and the film is called Red to Blue, and it's by a local filmmaker named Jay Martin. And um, I liked it a lot. What did you think of it, Mum? Well, I liked it. I thought it was a bit like Luster. Uh, but I liked it. I, I liked the idea that we'll, we're having change. So maybe that stayed with me more than anything else. Okay. I mean, I'll tell you about my favourite bit. Um, I tried lots of favourite bits. But my favourite bit was... Um, it was a clip from the 2017 election and the returning officer had just uh, read out the results and yes. it was clear that Ben Bradley had got more votes yes. than the sitting MP, Alan Meal, who was the Mansfield MP for 30 years. But uh, even after that, she still announced that Meal was the yes. winner. <laughs> it was quite, yeah, and it was a moment of high comedy and it's, it's there in the film and also a reflection uh, in some degree of how incredible it is uh, when it was to some people in Mansfield, um, this ex-mining town, that actually a Tory had been elected. Um, yeah. That, you know, it was a representative of the party of Margaret Thatcher. How, uh, how could Mansfield ever do that? Yeah, anyway. Um, so, Mum, have you got a, a favourite bit from the film? Yes, really. It was really talk about clips and headstocks. Oh, yeah, because at the end, I think, they ask a question about what should, what should happen yes. to the headstocks and the old colliery. What, what should be yeah. done with them? And I've got strong feelings. I, I rode past them often. And my feeling is that they should remain and that they should be a museum and we should remember the past with good feelings, but it is the past. Yeah, I mean, because I think that bit, I, I really like that bit as well. It's right at the end of the film. And uh, one of the speakers says Mansfield was born off the back of the coal mining industry. And it is, it's, it is very moving, but it's also not quite true because actually Mansfield has a, a history before the mines as well. And, yes. You know, it's actually, you know, many centuries as well. And so I thought it would be interesting in this podcast, or we thought that, didn't we, Mum? That it would be interesting to investigate the non-mining history as well. And so um, I am speaking to a local historian, and we're going to talk, we're going to focus on Mansfield's marketplace. Yes. Do you think that would be interesting, Mum? Yes, I do, because Mansfield's marketplace... Was it was pleasure to to visit? You say that in the past tense. Anyway, yes. Um, but um, why don't you put the kettle on and uh, I'll do the interview right now. Right, thank you. So I'm now talking to Dennis Hill, a local historian. Uh, Dennis, thank you for joining me today. That's a pleasure. And uh, we're going to talk about the Man uh, Mansfield Marketplace. First of all, though, how did Mansfield get its name? Well. Contrary to popular belief, most people feel that it comes after the name of the River Morn. But if we go back to the times of the Doomsday Book, the middle of the ten hundreds, uh, there we find it's referred to as Mammoth Feld, uh, which actually means field by the hill. So Mansfield possibly would be a clearing in the forest, and we believe that the hill 
would have been that of Hamilton Hill, which is close to the Sutton Reservoir. Oh, I see. Okay. And Mansfield then, with that name, got its royal charter. So it's in Doomsday Book, um, which is in the late 11th century. It got its royal charter then as a market town in 1227, I think. Why did it need a, a royal charter? What did that mean? Well, first of all, they needed one because people were not allowed to hold either a market or a fair uh, without the permission of the crown. And we're looking back in the days where the king or uh, his household actually ruled the country with very little input from parliament. So a royal charter was needed. I see. And what would the marketplace have looked like back then in the early 13th century? Paint a picture. Oh. Okay, right. Since we believe that the early Mansfield, back at that period of time, basically was clustered around the parish church, St. Peter's and Paul. Um, most of the old properties in Mansfield, uh, the really old ones, are still there today. So we believe it probably was just a very wide road with rass verges where people would have come along and laid out their goods, which they would have brought in baskets, so they would have been lined up with baskets along the side of the road or possibly someone might have brought his horse and cart and the cart would have been backed up so no actual stores as such initially just a cart and baskets would have been used okay and was that every day of the week how often was that held now initially they only had permission to hold a market on a monday but later that was changed to a thursday i'm not quite sure why but just one day a week Ah, okay. And what, what sort of things were sold? Could you get CDs at that time? I mean, was it, uh, you know, cheap? No, I, I don't think they were into any form of electronics in those days. Uh, the main items of, uh, for sale would certainly be the farmer's produce, whether it was grain, whether it was uh, dairy products, or wh whether it was meat or whatever it might have been. So it would have been the farmer or even the smallholder sending his few spare crops to raise some money. But that would have been backed up by maybe the blacksmith selling some uh, farming implements, for instance. It might have been backed up by the candle maker selling his wares. People needed light, especially in the winter months. So a bit of a variety, but mostly farm produce, we would think. So why was Mansfield the centre of this sort of trading area? You know, why, why not somewhere two miles to the east or to the north? What was Sherwood Forest have been looking like at this point in, uh, in, let's say, the 13th, 14th century? Yes, at that period of time, Sherwood Forest was still, first of all, a royal forest. So any activity therein was regulated by the Crown. And it covered right from the north of Nottinghamshire, right down to the outskirts of the city of Nottingham. And when you look at it, Mansfield to some extent was close to the centre of the forest north-south-wise, although it was on the western border. So what we've got here is a royal Sherwood forest. The manor of Mansfield was held by the crown, so it's a royal manor with a royal charter. So Mansfield was actually a centre of commerce for Sherwood Forest. And one of the reasons why this would have been is that if you look at a cartwheel with the hub in the middle and the spokes coming out, Mansfield being the hub, and you've got five main roads emanating from that hub, 
one to Warsop and up towards Worksop, one to Newark, one to Nottingham, one to Sutton, and one to Chesterfield. And the whole network of roads joined those main roads, putting Mansfield firmly at the centre of trade for the forest. Now, did Robin Hood um, uh, come to the market often? What do we know about that? Well, <laughs> we obviously don't know if Robin Hood himself came along. We'd perhaps like to uh, think that he did. Uh, but I think he would be very weary, certainly with it being a royal manor, uh, the Lord of the Manor would have been very much on the side of the Sheriff of Nottingham, and I'm sure they would have been looking out for the villains of the day, whether it was Robin Hood or some other villain. So they would certainly have to be very careful if they did come along. Ah. And so um, the development of the marketplace into what it looks like today, when did that essentially happen, save the town hall? Yeah, this uh, evolved over the main expansion from if you like, from just a broadened roadway, uh, took place in the first half of the 1800s. When an improvement commission was established, which was a form of town government in 1823, it set about to expand the market. So what it did was to make it, if you like, into an L shape. So it was going now going across the front of uh, the marketplace. This is the um northern side of the marketplace the whole marketplace we know today was covered in yards and alleys but it went along westgate and right up to what we call the butter market near the library right. but the improvement commissioners decided to turn it into an l shape and took it along the eastern side of the market heading up towards albert street a few years later they then widened it even more covering about half of what we see today and at the one end at the southern end they then constructed the town hall and it was opened in 1836 and a few years later they then widened it all the way across onto Stockwell Gate as we see it now so by 1845 it became the wide expanse that we know it today fantastic so final question what's your favorite building in the marketplace and why well i would think to me that my favorite building is certainly the moot hall it's possibly the oldest is only one other contender for being the oldest it was built in 1752 amidst all the yards and alleyways that were then crowded into mansfield center but it's a wonderfully ornate building with this magnificent coat of arms, which belonged to Lady Oxford, who at that time was the uh, Lord of the Manor, or should we say the Lady of the Manor. And uh, she constructed it in this very ornate manner as a meeting place. Since the Manor House was at Welbeck Abbey, in this case, a moot hall would have been constructed to enable meetings to take place locally. So it was a multi-purpose building. It had meetings in the first floor, which was also doubled up as a dance floor. Lectures were held there. The ground floor was used for commerce. Certainly by 1800, we know that shops were in the ground floor. And offices were established on the top floor, offices for those representing the Lady of the Manor or the Lord of the Manor. Oh, she must have been delighted with it well unfortunately not we look at it today and think it's a wonderful building 
But after it had been completed in 1752, she uh, got out her coach and horses and would have had her coach driver to drive her into Mansfield. And she took one look at it and she was disgusted with the design. Uh, so she told the coachman to turn around and take her back home. But still, it stayed as it was. <laughs> um, Dennis, thank you so much. That's a pleasure. So that was Dennis Hill, a local historian, on the history of Mansfield's marketplace. In a moment, we're going to talk to Ben Bradley about the marketplace's future and the future of Mansfield generally. But first, let's go to an ad break. Mansfield is a town in Nottinghamshire. I'm sorry to say we don't have an advert to play here at the moment, but imagine how good it would sound if we did. This podcast is designed to advertise Mansfield, so why not put an advert here to tell people about the magic of your Mansfield business? And by the way, I'm available for recordings if you need voice talent. Right then, we're back, and uh, I'm here with my mother still. In a minute, I'm going to be talking to Ben Bradley, uh, the town's MP, about Mansfield's future. And, of course, big promises have been made about the regeneration programme, and I will be asking him, are they going to plan? And, uh, Mum, what question would you like to ask Mr Bradley? Keep it clean. Well, I'd like to say, words are cheap. How committed is, how committed is he to Mansfield? You know, how committed is to it long term? Seeing whatever starts, seeing it through. Okay, there's a tough question which I will carry to the marketplace with me and ask on your behalf. Thank you. So I'm now standing in the town's ancient commercial heart, the marketplace, where people have been coming from miles around to meet, talk and trade for 750 years and more. and there are some people here today, although it's not uh, a lot of trade going on. But one person who is here is Mansfield's Conservative MP, Ben Bradley. Ben, thanks for sparing the time to talk to me today. No problem at all. Um, so let's begin with, uh, with the, the thing that we have to say, which is, you know, Mansfield has been a parliamentary constituency since 1885. And obviously from 1923 until 2017, it was a, a very safe Labour seat. Um, and then um, you appeared uh, in blue, all in blue. And uh, can I, you know, what were the main reasons for the, the shift from red to blue? All sorts, I think, really. Um, it's not entirely new. It's been happening for a while. So if you go back to 1997, you can see the steady decline in Labour support um, all the way through, really. And we managed to tip it over the line in the end in, in 2017. But it was a long term thing. Obviously, everybody talked about Brexit and Corbyn and things at the time, those challenges. But I think they are symptoms of a wider issue uh, and the real reason, which is that um, the place has felt like it's not been listened to. Um, that's why it voted to change the structure and the constitution then through Brexit and that's why it voted um, for a different party. Um, hopefully a bit of a bit of a cry for help maybe even. Yeah so I mean on that to cut to a big question then straight away is um, how can you you know what what is your plan actually to show by the time the next election which you know looms already doesn't it? And Always looms. Not being, not being <laughs> by Covid in some ways in terms of getting sure 
things moving. But, you know, actually, what, what do you hope to be able to show as sort of a sign of that change yeah. that's been? Well, we need to get the things that we are planning and, and processing currently tangibly visible here uh, in town, uh, not least the town centre uh, regeneration and improvements. But um, we promised an awful lot. There's a lot of money being announced. Um, town centre funding, we were supposed to be starting uh, new kind of pocket parks and green spaces here where we're standing in the marketplace um, in the next couple of months. Um, obviously trying to reshape town centre in terms of investment, so moving public services into town, um, moving away from kind of the retail bit and, and perhaps a bit more leisure, a bit more culture. So all of that and there's some funding behind that. Um, and then more widely, you know, job creation, the infrastructure that comes with it. There's a whole um, piece of work going on around skills and how we make sure it's local people here that have the skills to access those jobs. Absolutely tons happening. Um, but at the minute, um, uh, kind of behind the scenes and we need to get to a place by the next election where people can really visibly see it. Yeah, because I would say today you can't quite see it yet. But, uh, so. Um, you're very active on social media. Mm -hmm. It's great. I can follow you from afar and always see what you're up to. And that, I think that's a really great thing. Gotcha. Um, and when you are, and you know, so you can see that you are talking to a lot of people, both locally and further afield. So I just wanted to ask really, um, you know, when people ask you about your constituency, how do you characterize this place? What, you know, as its parliament, what are you the parliamentary representative of? What is mm. Mansfield? That's a really good question and I think the, the answer, rightly or wrongly, usually starts with the history and you always say, you know, it is a, a kind of former coalfield, post-industrial kind of constituency. Um, politically describe it as kind of archetypal red wall, I suppose, for those people who follow that, that narrative. Um, in terms of it being, you know, a place that has been great and successful and, and affluent and probably isn't um, so much anymore. Uh, but actually it's changing. People are moving in from different places, different kinds of, of development are happening, housing, jobs. Um, we've got a lot going for us. So I, I try now to, to look forward and sell it as, as the absolute um, prime place where government should be putting its investment if it wants to do the levelling up um, agenda and make it work around the country. So um, you usually start with the, the history though, which is important to everybody here, I think. Yeah, and of course, I mean, you know, one thing about the history which I get a bit obsessive about is that of course, the mining history is quite, is, is essential, essentially, and mm. then it has a history before that, which is the market town sure. piece. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think part of the future of Mansfield is also remembering that it was something before it was a mining town as well. Yeah. Um, but then my other question is, who are the people then who are coming? You know, what is the new Mansfield? Mm. Um, it's an interesting question. It's a changing place. And, and even, you know, in the five years, I've been the Member of Parliament nearly five years, um, it has changed and grown we see you know new housing development we've seen um, new new business um, create as well even despite covid uh, and all of the challenges of, of all of that um, but actually it's one of very few places north knots and places like it countryside really where you can walk out of a town and into shield forest that actually has a net influx of people moving up from the southeast rather than the other way around um, you know people more people move from london to mansfield than the other way around um, so it's people, I think, a lot of those people looking for, you know, a better quality of life who move up here, away from the city and, and whatever, um, where you can find a, a cheaper house and a different, different kind of living. Yeah, and I mean, that is such a change in the narrative from when I was a kid, mm. because the landscape was very much dominated by the pit, yeah. um, which also gave the place its, yeah. its character, but then that's vanished and actually it's a much greener place than it was. Sure, and to me, you know, I absolutely love this part of the East Midlands, North Knotts, North Derbyshire, where I grew up. 
Um, the fact that you can walk out of your town centre or walk out of your residential street and into the countryside um, it's not something you get everywhere and I think it's a massive massive selling point um, the green element the country parks the tourism that we've got that we probably don't make enough of but that are probably a big part of the future actually yeah um, so that I think is very good but what about the town centre mm -hmm. is first of all is the town centre still important hugely yeah and I think if you go around the country we're going to have to make decisions on town centres and, and almost which ones are viable. Um, I think this is. I think if you look around us, some beautiful buildings. There are quite a lot of the buildings that are closed down at the moment. Mm. Obviously, we're post-Covid, so yeah. who knows? No, I'm looking around, there aren't that many. It's um, the same kinds of shops, isn't it? You, you know, the, the yeah. way people describe phone shops and vape shops and exactly. not necessarily exactly what you would, you would want. Um, but uh, I think most of them are it's certainly filling up. But the challenge for town centres, I think, is if it is viable, because some places, frankly, will become a commuter residential area to the nearest city. Yeah. If you haven't got a selling point, it's going to struggle. But we have, because we've got this really nice town centre, we've got this market square that I think can become a, a, a plaza, you know, a leisure, a cultural kind of centre. Um, we've got good facilities in town, big library, theatre, museum. Like, we've got things to come and see, as well as um, the tourism elements that we need to tie together, the place, you know, if you want to go and visit Sherwood Forest, you should come and stay in Mansfield, as far as I'm concerned. So we've got things going for us, um, but it's, it is a transition and a change because it's not going to survive on retail and it needs to be more of a, a leisure, a cafe culture, a services-led town centre than perhaps it used to be. Mansfield's cafe culture. Okay. Well, so I'd like to sit out here with a cup of coffee, like an Italian piazza, right, on the marketplace, and to have that kind of hubbub of, of social life, um, as opposed to perhaps market stalls that aren't always full and sometimes look a bit messy. Yeah, I came with a, a friend and actually we were sitting out on the market square in the evening and he said it's just like an Italian hill town. Hmm. But he had had quite a lot of drink when he said <laughs> it. It could um, be. It could yeah, be. well, no, I mean, it, it, it certainly has um, something in that. So, you know, I always get into conversations with people about the ring road. Hmm. Of course, the ring road is before your time of of doing this but that it, it's not my it, fault it tends to, <laughs> it tends to loop everybody out of town yeah and to the retail parks which are fine you know they're very functional yeah. but they don't have much character they don't tell you what Mansfield is they're the same as you could be in Northampton you could be you know on the outskirts of Manchester yeah wherever um, and so you know and this place this place where we're standing has a kind of mystical allure in a way Robin Hood was here all or wasn't here but you know the Sherwood Forest mm -hmm. and also this is you know we're right in the center of the country and it's been a big meeting point for places so when you talk about bringing cultural life back what are people going to do though mm. in this you know what what actually going to a granular yeah <laughs> level, to use that terrible word is but actually what are those things so yeah okay yeah cafe culture but actually what are the things that they're going mm. that people will engage in when they're here well it's a really interesting question and, and it goes to, I suppose to the heart of the, another question which is who controls all of that because some of it is private sector led right people own own the buildings they own the businesses what do people want to come and create here it's a big part of that question um, but from my perspective I think you're absolutely right that this is a, 
an historic and a cultural centre for the town. It means something to the area and it um, has historically been the hub of, of social life uh, and probably can be again. You go back to the even mining times, a lot of this was pubs and it was full um, and uh, it was, everyone had that a great time. Um, you know, so um, I think there's, there's some of that and bringing that social element back. There's also a practical bit of how do you, you mentioned the ring road that takes people away. We've got the Civic Centre, not in town. We've got shops, not in town. Um, how do we bring things back into town? And there's, this is where we've got things in the offing, if you like. We've got funding, um, we've got plans to draw particularly public services back into the town centre so that instead of sending all those people somewhere else, we're bringing them in here. Yeah. Will people just complain about there being no parking? Probably, yeah. Nothing's yeah. perfect. And so what can you do about <laughs> parking? Are you thinking about parking? Yes, we are. Um, so uh, again, you know, who's in charge of these things? Not all of that was, is within my control. A lot of it's uh, district council, if you like, or combination of district and county, where I do have a bit more sway. Um, so we need to talk highways. We need to talk about modern parking as well. So for me, you know, the faff around a lot of that parking issue is not so much the... Uh, the parking itself or even paying for it it's having to faff around with change nobody carries change anymore all that kind of um, complexity so we're going to modernize it we're investing in kind of contactless and all that kind of stuff and then signposting around that ring road because actually the parking is just a nightmare to find isn't it a lot of the it time is. if you don't know your way around um, so we're definitely thinking it through so actually, I want to ask you um, you're not just the MP for Mansfield you're also the leader of Nottinghamshire County Council hmm. um, reasonably unusual for an MP to... Unique, as far as I know. Unique. Um, so, why did you do that? Partly because of the issues that you're raising here. How do we tangibly change things? And as a Member of Parliament, a lot of people think you can go and take your fingers and decide things. But in truth, we deal with very national and often quite abstract issues. You know, you're talking Brexit or Covid or war in Europe. We're not talking a high street which are largely decisions for local councils actually um, and I got a bit fed up to be honest of talking about things a lot and, and not seeing things happen um, how can I drive that change more how can I actually have the levers to deliver on the things that I'm talking about so to me the council was the kind of natural step I'd always been a, a councillor anyway but um, somebody asked me if I wanted to run it and I said you know what that sounds really interesting the ability to be able to take that abstract national conversation about high streets but then actually loop in all the local stuff and and hopefully help us to accelerate and to deliver it all yeah so bringing about change is quite a complicated hmm. business in terms of just because so a slightly boring but i think an in to be interesting question is about uh nottingham county council and its hold over mansfield vis-a-vis -vis yeah. Mansfield District Council. How does that work, actually? It's an interesting balance. Everybody assumes that, again, you know, it, it kind of goes in a hierarchy, district council, then county, then MPs, but it doesn't really. They just have very different roles and remits. Um, so MPs do the national stuff, county do the kind of county-wide stuff, really, obviously. So like um, education, social care, children's services, highways, town centres, car parks, all that very localised stuff typically as Mansfield District Council. Um, but we're trying to work much more in partnership. I'm trying to use the levers that I've got, but actually to meet Mansfield District Council more regularly, to make sure our priorities are aligned. Even if I think some of the plans aren't perfect, you know what, I'll back them because we need to get something done yeah. um, and try and support. So we're just trying to join things up a little bit more. And from my perspective, I hope that um, being able to join the national and local helps with that to some extent too, particularly when it comes to getting funding or being that area that does the pilot scheme for that next projects um, let's try and do it better and quicker yeah I want to ask you about social media you're I mean you're the right age for that as well <laughs> social media. Thank you. And, um, it's got me in trouble 
Has it? Once or twice. Actually, I had noticed. Um, but actually, do you think uh, that it, I mean, I can see some advantages in social media. Do you think it's a good thing for an MP to put time into, yeah. into doing that? Because obviously it takes up a bit of your time. It does, but I think it's an important part of the job. I think I wouldn't be able to, I think it's important that people are able to see and understand what it is I do on a day-to-day -day basis. And obviously you don't put everything on there, couldn't, you'd spend more time doing it than actually doing your job. But um, the fact that people can see that I'm out and about, that I am here in Mansfield, that I'm visiting things, that I'm, what issues I'm raising on a regular basis or what my priorities are, I think actually is an important part of the democratic process. And part of the reason perhaps that they fell out with my predecessor a little bit um, is because he didn't do that and they didn't really know what he was doing. So I'd much rather be accused of um, you know, taking too many selfies as opposed to not telling anybody what I'm up to. Yeah, yeah that's good. So I've got a question from my mother who is right. uh, a voter and one of your constituents. Ah. Um, and um, she's slightly suspicious by nature. <laughs> and so she wants to know, um, how committed are you to Mansfield? How much does the town's future matter to you personally? Do you always want to be Mansfield's MP or would another constituency suit you just as well? And, um, and that is a general question also about actually how MPs feel about that. Sure. Work. Well, I think MPs are all different, right? And there are some MPs who put themselves on the national list and go and interview in 20 different places and, and they want to be an MP and that's fine. I've never done that. Um, I only applied for Mansfield um, and, and happened to win uh, the first time around, which was very fortunate in many ways. But um, I'd only ever wanted to stand in a place that I knew and that was, was local to me, that I had a connection with. And I'd been, I grew up in Ripley, not a million miles away. Used to come to Water Meadows as a kid, shopping in Mansfield Town Centre. I, I know the place to some extent. Um, as well as the political opportunity of the fact that it was swinging the right way and we might win, um, obviously. But it, it means an awful lot to me from the point of view that, A, it's a local place that I know and I, I feel now certainly that I understand, but also that we've promised a lot to and I want to see that through and, and to deliver on those things. So I'd never just leave Mansfield and go and stand somewhere else. Um, uh, there are all sorts of wider kind of implications and, and projects going forward but I certainly think you know delivering things in Mansfield is really important to me whether I will do it forever is a slightly different question because that comes back more so to personal life and the pressures of the job and family and everything else and all of that balance I don't think I'd want to be an MP for 20-30 years I think I'd end up doing something else but um, that said that's less about Mansfield or, or the place than it is about the job as a whole I think. Now, would you like to be Prime Minister one day? I'm not no. talking about an immediate chance, no, but because, because, now the reason for me buying this card okay. is I think it would be really interesting to have a Mansfield MP as Prime Minister. Yeah. Uh, and how you then see things, I mean, and then you reorient government mm. um, to face Mansfield. Yeah. How different do you think um, the national conversation might look if you actually had a significant number of really powerful MPs in those key posts yeah. here. That's a really interesting question. With you as Prime Minister. I mean, so I have no current wish to be Prime Minister. <laughs> um, I think the pressure and the flack that you get, it's the hiding to nothing in many ways. Um, you're never going to keep everybody happy. But, um, you know, there, there would definitely be a very different national conversation, a very different set of priorities if it were a cabinet and a Prime Minister from places like this. And 
the good thing, I suppose, is that that political shift we talked about right back at the beginning, about places like Mansfield voting Conservative, you've now got, since 2019, you know, the Wakefields and the Bishop Aucklands and the Hartlepools, they're all Conservative as well. And so whilst those MPs are junior MPs now, they're quite new, five years, ten years from now, they're going to be the senior people. They're going to be, you know, the cabinet from very different places to what we've historically had and it will be a different point of view. I think you've seen already in the whole kind of levelling up conversation that it's already started to change the dynamic of Parliament actually and we are talking about places like Mansfield and we're focusing investment on places like Mansfield so it's already changing. Um, you you know. think the investment is enough by the way? Because there's a substantial amount of money, but actually yeah. it takes a lot of money, doesn't it? It does take a lot of money and it also takes time, right? So frankly, you know, we could build some nice things in the town centre and that will be nice and people will see the investment. But it's not the thing ultimately that's going to change the whole of our local economy and our opportunities. The biggest things that will change that for the long term are skills and education and jobs. And those things in many ways are less tangible they're more like so if you want to change the the life chances for a young person in a primary school in Mansfield now that's a 10 or 15 year project and you you will never see a physical building or a tangible outcome of that you'll just see a more affluent place I guess in 15 or 20 years but that's not something that's going to happen probably in my political lifetime it's quite hard to measure right finally are you a Nottingham Forest is that right I am Although also a Stags fan, obviously. I was going to say, well, um, and, and with Nigel Clough as the manager. Yeah. You know, does that not just bring it all together? It's beautiful. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I managed to back both and hopefully people will put up with that. Well, if they're not in the same division, <laughs> I say, fine. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so I just wanted to be clear, actually, you are a Stags fan. <laughs> I go on a regular basis. Yeah, it's good. I think, you know what? Talking about town centres and what stand. could grow, we do need a new stand and that's a whole different, <laughs> different planning challenge. Um, but the impact of Stags going up this season, Touchwood, on the town centre, extra thousand people in town, using the pubs, using the hotels, will be massive. Absolutely. Um, so, if we have one thing to wish for, it's... Stags to go stags up, go absolutely. Up. If, if there was one levelling up uh, box we could tick, that would be it. I think that is a great place <laughs> on which to leave this. And uh, Ben Bradley, uh, MP from Mansfield, I thank you very much for your... Good to see you. There we go then, that was Ben Bradley speaking to me in the marketplace in Mansfield. What did you make of that then, Mum? Well, truthfully, I, I didn't hear it. No, uh, that's uh, no, that's uh, that's because I didn't um, play it to you because uh, we've had technical issues, but... Uh, I, I would like to have heard it because I really do want to hear what he has to say. I'd like to be impressed. Well, well when the programme grows, it goes out, you can, you can hear it anyway. We've arrived at the end of this episode of Mansfield is a Town in North Nottinghamshire, but we will be back soon with more reflections on Mansfield's past and possible future, whether you like it or not. Thank you for listening. Uh, unfortunately, I can't play the theme tune again uh, now for copyright reasons, so could you sing it for us, Mum? La, 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 la. <laughs> you don't hear any more than that. <laughs> Well, it's not in the north, and it's not in the south. In fact, it's bang in the middle. I said, hey, youth! Mansfield is a town in North Nottinghamshire.